Hello and welcome to the Serpent Temple podcast. This week we're going to be looking at three new releases, the first of which will be Unslayable by Tyrannus, the second of which will be It's Time to Rise from the Grave by Undeath, and the third of which will be by Darker, and that is called The Buried Storm. So, what do you think of Tyrannus, Floyd? First of all, I love the way you paused on the uh, Undeath album. So it's time. To rise from the grave. <laughs> it's got the, the little dots. You've yeah, got yeah, you yeah, to no, do the pause. Yeah, yeah you've got to do now. Good attention to detail. <laughs> right. So, Unslayable. Just like this Paul in her. Am I oh! right? Oh! <laughs> no. uh, I might have said that joke already. <laughs> right. So, this is the debut album from the newly formed East Coast Scottish band. Friend of the podcast, Callum Kant. Safe to say, the mastermind behind the project. So he is handling most of the musical duties on the album. Aye. So guitars, vocals. I believe he's written the vast majority of the music. But he's also got his partner in crime, Alistair Harley, who provides bass for the album. And I'm not sure whether or not uh, Fraser Gordon or... Uh, so Alistair Dunn was recording drums and percussion on the album. So he was on there and Harley did gang vocals on It Taketh, Unslayable and Light of the Last Sun. There you go. That's why Nina is a much better note taker than I am. <laughs> I just copy pasted on Bandcamp, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's the last time I get my information from Metal Archives. Oh, no. I'm like, I should have just fucking messaged him, to be honest. That probably would have been the. the yeah, yeah, we could have done that. <laughs> but safe to say, this album, so I really, really enjoyed it. And um, one of the things, uh, that one of the points I was going to make was one thing I really like about um, music within the black death metal sphere is when it has like a touch of class to it. Mm. It's almost like a suaveness to it. I mean, I think the production really lends to that because it's got kind of like, it's a really good crystal clear production. Um, like everything sounds good. I think the bass sounds great at a lot of moments as well. It's given a nice uh, kind of opportunity to shine. And yeah, I think it's just kind of just something so inherently cool about like angular riffs mixed with like the blasting brutality and there's a lot of cool things going on in this album and i think you know it, it from what all intents and purposes it seems to be taken like the underground scene by storm a little bit from in that particular scene anyway it really is a gem i would describe it as having cheekbones yeah yeah it's angular it's crystalline there's like a lot of good stuff going on it's it's a really pretty album but it's also very brutal it's like got darkness but also a little bit of light yeah, I think that's a, that's a that's a good way of putting it. I yeah. don't myself have much cheekbones. Me too. I just got big big fat cheeks. Yeah, used to have dimples when I was a kid. Oh, it's so cute. Yeah, I was a really cherubic child, <laughs> and then it just all went tits up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah. This is this is a really cool album. Um, I I mean, Callum's been on the podcast, so you can go and check that episode out if you want to get some like real detail on this stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just wonderful when a friend makes a really amazing record and you're like, huh, this is like really fucking cool. And I know the person and they're a good person. So it makes it double good. Yeah. No, you're right. And I think, you know, it's and the thing is, I think I always try and be as objective as possible when uh, when you know, when listen to an album by someone that I know has recorded it. But like I could say safely say hand on heart that they've done a great job. It's with amazing. This album. Yeah, um, I love I like everything. Like I'll go a little bit, go through a few of my favorite bits on the album. Um, firstly, I think done a really great job with the vocals. You could definitely hear like really, the Jeff really Walker style influence, and it's kind of gone back to that point I was making on an earlier episode, where like you know I appreciate both schools of like extreme metal vocals. I love like the super like monstrous like guttural like approach where you can't discern a single word, but I also equally appreciate vocals that are a bit more controlled 
and kind of like more snarling and menacing when you can actually make out the lyrics. I think there's a place for both styles. And I think Callum's done a great job of kind of like, you know, channeling his inner Jeff Walker. And it's more, it's kind of like a blackened Jeff Walker. Yeah. Even down to the phrase and the stuff. I really like yeah. the way the phrasing is, it's very well placed. And, you know, and that's the problem, I think, with a lot of black and death metal. I think vocals can sometimes be a bit of an afterthought. And a lot of the times they're just like, ah, fuck it, just, 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 just do something. Someone, someone in the band who can do a semi-competent scream, <laughs> just, just layer some fucking screams over the music. But no, I think feel like it's, it's a component of the music here. And going on to the music itself, I really love like the guitar work on this album. I think it's at times, and I mean this as a compliment because I do like this band. It kind of reminds me of Leprous at moments. Oh yeah, I get you. And I think it's just that 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 thin where there's like there's, there's that hint of progginess. And I think, you know, just something a bit different from the norm. And you like it's like there's a lot of transitions that happen on this album. And I think, you know, in a, in, in in the hands of a lesser skilled musician, it would sound quite clumsy and not that cohesive. But here actually flows quite well. Like I like the overall flow of the album. And I like how each song seems to take on like a different kind of mood and atmosphere. Like for example, the um the title track on Slayable, like that starts off with almost like a Bay Area thrash style, like super frenetic riff, which is, you know, a bit of a a bit of a, a, a turn from the track before, which is the Lake of the Undying, which is like a you know, a three minute instrumental, which is primarily clean guitars and you know you've got like the last sun which is more or less like an atmospheric black metal tracks you know like there's yeah. elements of like second wave black metal in there and there's just uh yeah a lot of cool shit going on um i love the vocals at the end of the last track as well break the wall of evil i love like the yeah. dual layering of the the, the the both clean vocals mm. and it's the i believe it was guest vocals from Ameo lopez caramero was that more than off that is more than off yeah. yes yes really good vocals there yeah no, yeah. but it's a great job, and it kind of reminds me a bit of. Um, I, I, you liked the Satanist by Behemoth, right? Or yeah, Behemoth, it was good. Sorry. Yeah, not that I'm a fan of Nurgle, but it was a no. really, it was a good album. Yeah, and that's kind of like I, I kind of it's like you know when Oh Father Oh Satan Oh Son like the last track on the album. Yeah, because I, I believe I might be getting this wrong. I think that is the first time he employs like clean vocals. Oh really? And it was, I didn't know that. It was cool that it was like added in on the last track on the album. Oh, and I love when bands like give thought to shit like this. It's kind of like yeah, you know, I get you. and you know, obviously this is Tyrannus's debut album, so it's not like you know, it's this is very much the laying the blueprint of what the sound is now. Whereas like Behemoth, where I'm, oh, fuck, I'm gonna say Behemoth. That's how what I've always called them. <laughs> like they, it was such a it was such a unique thing to hear at that point because they'd been such a, like a traditional sort of black and death metal band for the longest time. But I think, you know, it shows some maturity in the songwriting that is already prevalent at such an early stage of the band's kind of career. So, yeah, super enjoyed it. I'm talking a lot of shit. No, you're not. It's <laughs> beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, basically. Um, I thought, like, I really like that there's always something going on. Every part of the album is, like, fought out. Like, they've really put all loads of attention to detail into everything. Um, I really love the um, Callum basically worked with Kate as well, his partner. Um, ah, yeah, of and course, she yeah. like gave a lot of, um, she kind of tweaked bits and pieces here and there. And like, it's kind of cool because having someone outside to come in and be like, have you considered doing this? Have you considered doing that? And someone who's also like close to you in that way, they understand what you're trying to do. It, it kind of naturally will take it to the next level to, a, to, a, to an extent. So I think it's really amazing that she's credited as a producer. Oh no, I hit the microphone stand. Um, <laughs> sorry if there's a weird boinging sound um but yeah i think it's really amazing that she's credited that the production on this is fantastic i can tell this is like a really considered well-written record um 
from my personal songwriting point of view, I really like that there's like a little bit of a break halfway through the album. I love it when there's like a little instrumental break. Yeah. Um, and I think that really helps like cleanse the palette and get ready for like, you know, some really kind of heavy stuff to come straight afterwards. So that was really nice. I thought that was that was kind of cool. And I really also with the vocals, massive improvement, like massive um, development is probably a better word because they weren't bad, but they're like a lot better. Um, yeah. And they do sound so much more Jeff Walker. They're like, mu there's much more resonance, they're like much richer vocals and the delivery is really good. I think the delivery really helps kind of tie all of the technical stuff going on together. And I like that kind of stabbing um, punctuation that happens occasionally. Yeah. I thought that was really effective. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, and totally, and I'm I'm also a big fan of when like the the title of a song is is like chanted as well at the yeah. end of that song, like it just it's so cool, and he's done that in a couple of the tracks here, yeah, and it's just um, no, you're totally right, and you know I kind of see a, a vocalist a lot of the time as kind of like you know like the conductor of the band, like the one that's kind of like you know narrating what the album is about, you know, which makes sense because obviously they're the ones screaming the lyrics or singing the <laughs> lyrics. But it's, uh, I, yeah, I just feel like it's just something that's just overlooked, especially within this kind of realm of metal, like yeah. really that kind of the black and death death thing. Not saying I mean, there's some amazing vocalists out there, but like it's, do you ever listen to a band and you feel like the vocals, vocals don't match the music yes, at I all? Yes, I do. I'm so fussy about vocals. Um, no. And like they really do make or break. Because if there's like a bad bass tone, I can kind of get over that. If the guitar tone's like, oh, that could be better, I can get over it. But if the vocalist doesn't, isn't good enough, well, not necessarily that, but if they don't, if they, if I, because to me, that's the most human point of connection with the music. Yeah. Um, and that's the most important part of like, for me being able to enjoy a band, whereas some people listen to bands because they love the bass or they love the drumming, love the guitar. But I think most people, the vocals will be their main point of connection too. Yeah, no, no. Agreed, agreed, agreed. And yeah, there's just some, there's a lot of cool stuff going on musically as well. Like I was saying before, like there's one track that just ends with like loads of fucking dive bombs. And it just <laughs> sounds super cool. Like I'm a big fan of like guitar tricks, like any, anything that slides or yeah. like pinch harmonics and dive bombs. I'm just like totally a mark for that shit. So yeah, it's a really fun album to listen to. This is like, I don't know, there's just something, there's, there's a lot going on and I know that the more I listen to it, the more stuff I'll notice. I'll be like, oh my God, it's so cool that they did this or there's this little detail here. It's a really fun album. Um, yeah. Yeah, no. Cool. And that was the title track, by the way, that had the dive bombs at the end. Unslayable. So unslayable, yeah, yeah. Which is a furious. It's just, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of good shit here and it's like definitely got replay value as well. I yeah, hundred percent. This is gonna age really well. This yeah. album, I think, in years to come, people will be like talking about this as like one of those. I think as well for um, I don't know. I I would love to go and see them play live. Like they just seem to have like a really good hype around them in Scotland, and I just love to go see them at like Bannermans and see what that's like in the crowds. Yeah, yeah. And plus it's a beautiful country to visit as well. It's so nice. Yeah. And I believe uh, they're playing an album show today as well, aren't they? In they Edinburgh. Are so the day this goes out this will be the day before so yes i hope uh, it goes well break a leg etc yeah. so if you've got a delorean you can travel back in time <laughs> and attend the show and then yeah. get a train to scotland yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just use the delorean to drive to scotland oh, that's a really good yeah. point yeah. yeah you could do that but yeah. um yeah we, we can't so that's that um i really love that tyrannus anti-fascist that is a um a nina plus 100 style thing for me like um i love that i can listen to this i know that they're not dickheads so that's good well it's kind of like i think Callum himself was making the point when he was on the podcast right it's just like it's actually 
really easy to be anti-fascist. It is kind of like you'd assume the baseline level of hum- human decency, let's yeah. say, to, to not be like, well, you've got different X, so I don't like you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit silly, really. But I think, you know, therein kind of lies the problem. I think for the longest time, metal has been kind of like a bit of a hotbed for just a lot of problematic behavior in a yeah. lot of different areas. And I feel like, you know, um, fuck. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've seen my fair share of weird shit going down at gigs and just stuff that is just not okay by like any societal standards. Yeah. So. And I think it just comes, you know what, maybe it's just that thin where, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fringe, I'd still consider it like a fringe hobby, like mm. sort of like the metal scene. So I think, therefore, you know, you've got that element where I think people are e- easily led down like certain certain paths and stuff, and I think it's easy to kind of lose your way. And I think it's just about finding out who you are and kind of like keeping true to yourself. It's just... been proven that certain organisations will target specifically metalheads in specific genres because the angry young man is very malleable in the hands of certain people. Yeah. And that is how you get a lot of recruitment into far-right organizations at, at you know, black certain black metal festivals. Yeah. Um, and that's like a whole thing. And they're literally funded by certain governments in Europe and things like that, which is a bit, bit fucked. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Fucked indeed. Fucked indeed, yeah. But thankfully, um, there are people out there who aren't like that. And Tyrannus is one of those bands, which is good. Yeah, so I wish them all the best. And I'm excited to see what they do next. I am mad excited. Hopefully we can catch them live this year and tell you guys who are listening and watching about it. Yes. But that's a, I think this is a good segue on to another fun band, Undeath. It's time. Pause. <laughs> to rise from the grave. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> this is their second full length. Their first was released in 2020. So like they, they've churned this one out really quickly, I think. Yeah. Um, do you know what? It's the, the thing is, because I suggested this band because... Um, there's a contingency of kind of like the death metal Twitter that I kind of follow or see retweeted a lot of my timeline and everyone was talking about this, this band and this album in particular, this new one. I still, I gave the 2020 album a listen, a little listen to, and it was, it was pretty fucking good as well. But like, um, I think there's clear progression on this album, but it was definitely much in the same way that blood incantation kind of took the world by storm mm. a few years ago with their hidden hidden races of the fucking hell what's the <laughs> hidden in, something of the human race hidden hi, human history of the alien, fucking shem help alien me out history here, of the human race, of the human race. oh that's it so it was some ah. hidden race human history stuff <laughs> <laughs> oh i was doing my yoda impersonation as well. that's what was going on there but no yeah so like this band was like taking the world by storm a bit um well the death metal scene by storm anyway and um so yeah i was just like fuck i sounds like i need to check this band out and I do know as well, the vocalist was on that kind of like panel, that podcast, which was talking about um, the incident with um, uh, Chris Barnes. Oh, is it? Six Feet Under, who was like basically calling the rest of de- all the other death metal vocalists. I'm not going to say what he said, but <laughs> 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 he was calling out all the other death metal vocalists and calling them shit, basically. So like oh, Corpse wow. Grinder and I think Alex from this band, who's the vocalist of Undeath. And there's a couple of other... Oh, I can't remember who the other guys were, but there were. It was like an ensemble of death metal vocalists basically talking about it. And that's it was... crazy. There's some some seriously good death metal vocalists out there. Yeah, but it's it's a weird one because in a way there is a the, the thing is, and we were actually saying this before we started filming. I think mm. there's a lot of homogeny in black and death metal. Yeah, and there's a lot of shit out there that's so substandard and just so derivative. But and the interesting thing about this album, going back to the album itself, is this is in many ways. 
an homage to that classic 90s sound. Like, there's a lot of, there's nothing really on this album that's breaking new ground. But, like, for me, this is totally like, this is like a fantasy album I would write if I had the skills to write a death metal album. Because it's just total, like, even from the first track, Fiend, Fiend for Corpses, like the clues in the title, like it's total like <laughs> cannibal corpse worship. Yeah, you know, yeah like with all the guitar trilling and stuff. There's a lot of trilling going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a prominent hardcore influence as well, which makes sense because they are from Rochester, New York. Okay. Uh, same place as the late great wrestler Brody Lee. He was a wrestler that tragically died a few years ago, oh. um, which was a bit of a shame. That was a, that was a huge loss to the wrestling community. Um, but yeah, so it's just like you know, just part of that that um, that seminal really. Um, important new york scene so bands like suffocation and i feel like there's a strong suffocation influence here especially in the vocals like he sounds extremely similar to frank mullen especially kind of pierced from within onwards frank mullen but yeah there's just a lot of cool shit going on this album i'm foaming at the mouth i'm spitting everywhere (laughs) but i'm quite interested to hear what your take is yeah I, i thought it was really fun like i can just tell they're having fun um at first i was like yeah this is this is like very meat and potatoes um style music like metal which is has you know meat and potatoes is a delicious meal it's nourishing it it helps you build your strength for future meals that you will eat future gigs you will go and mosh in etc etc um and then the more i listen the more the more it unfolded um i love i love their logo and i love their artwork it's ridiculous oh, um, the logo's great yeah. and then when i saw that like everything else kind of made more sense it was just kind of i think i described them as like the man of war of death metal at one point, <laughs> just because of how like kind of um heightened everything is and like yeah. the lyrics are the lyrics are just something else um i was reading to you earlier but i will say there is one <laughs> there is one detail um that i didn't reveal to you before um and I was looking at the the members, um, and some of them have some interesting side projects. So, Kyle Bean, he does um, he did session slash guest guitars for Bong Rips for Jesus, which is a thing. But then um, Alexander Jones, he did guest session vocals for a band called Frog Mallet. Frog Mallet. Frog Mallet. Wow, that sounds amazing. And, and the album is called Dissection by Amphibian. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I knew whoa. you would like oh, this. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. let's let's draw a line here. <laughs> I'm all for frogs wielding mallets as weapons, but I'm not for hitting frogs with mallets. So, uh, just, I take back everything I've said. Dissection no, no. by Amphibian sounds like the frogs are doing the dissections. Okay, so okay. I think that might be, but I haven't looked into it because I was a bit worried about what would unfold. I got very overly defensive there. Now that you've said the uh, the album title, I, okay, it does sound like the amphibians are the aggressors. So that's I'm, the I'm only. On board with that. We could have a look. It was released in 2021, so it's cool. fresh. Um, but I thought that was an interesting tidbit of information. Yeah, because I was getting flashbacks to when they asked me to dissect a frog. Oh no! Refused, walked out. I can't believe someone would ask you of all people to yeah. do that. So I'm not going to be part of this bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, walked out. Damn right. Damn fucking right. The protect the frogs, as Frog Lord would say. Um, yeah, the first song, "Fiend for Corpses." Um, <laughs> the first chorus has the most ridiculous death metal lyrics well among the most ridiculous death metal lyrics I, i've recently read um and they go the dead do not hear not even a peep d-e-a-d they cannot speak of what parts i eat d-e-a-d with them i procreate and prep for my feast d-e-a-d i'm lusting for their taste so do you know what that is like that just totally just corroborates everything that's gone on in music so old school, do you know what I mean? It's 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 corny, but in a way that's endearing. 
Because yeah. that's how death metal was like back in the days. It was fun. It was stupid. It was pushing the envelope. Like, you know, they were talking about some pretty despicable things. Yeah. It was much in the same way, like, you know, when you're watching like the, like the Fulci uh, horror films, the Hill Giallo thing, like it's, it's totally like, you know, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, and the good thing is, you know, in this, at least with this band, with being a modern band, they haven't went down, you know, like the super hyper misogynistic route. Right. That a lot of other bands have went down. I kind of feel like there's no way, like, because you know how people will watch like The Joker or Breaking Bad and be like, yeah, that guy's good. Yeah. The drug lord's great. Oh, this this incel shooting people's fantastic. I want to be like this guy. I don't think anyone's going to read those lyrics and be like, necrophilia is so cool. <laughs> you know, I don't think yeah. anyone's going to go to a graveyard and be like, D-E-A-D. Yeah. These people will not be able to speak of which body parts I will consume as I prep, as I meal prep for my necrophiliac fiending i don't know it's just that's like, that's like weightlifting death metal right there isn't it just talk about meal prepping body parts for the necrophiliac chimbros well i wonder what part of the human body is probably the best source of protein i've always heard that between the fingertips is meant to be the tastiest tastiest i don't think there's much protein there though that's gonna be uh, mainly fat isn't it yeah I mean, gristle and fat yeah probably I the arse i imagine i would have muscle i feel like the thighs would be the one place that um if i had to choose i would eat because it'd be like a slice of kobe yeah yeah, but it depends, like, who well, the person well, is, I guess. Well, I'm presuming I'll never find out, so we can only ponder. We can only ponder. Unless I'm in a car crash. Oh, sorry, not a car crash. That sounds drastic. <laughs> a plane crash. <laughs> like, <laughs> you imagine a world where you're in a car crash and loads of people disappear and start feasting on your body. <laughs> so, shit, I'm in a crash. I better start eating some fucking people. <laughs> I've got a heel straight away. Quick, give me that hand. I meant a plane crash. Like, your man, Gene, uh, is it Gene Roddenberry? Yeah, yeah. The so that's what happened with him, right? He was yeah. in a plane crash. He was before. in a cannibal crane plane crash, yeah. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. But you got to do what you got to do in those situations. That's I mean, what I was referring to. I would eat to, a person a in that crash. situation. Like, I would much rather eat the per- a person than, like, a Pomeranian. Like, if a Pomeranian was looking at me and a person, I'd be like, well, the Pomeranian is good inherently. That dog would not harm anyone. Like on purpose, or as a human, nah, I'd eat the human for sure. Have you seen the dog, the Pomeranian dog walk around there? I love that guy. He's like three palms and they're all fucking cute. Yeah, Yeah. adorable. Adorable. Anyway, necrophilia. Um, It's it's good. (laughs) It's very tongue in cheek. Um, There's a song about human chandeliers, and the guy's like, yes, I'm going to complete my human chandelier. That's a great track. That might be my favorite track on the album because I think. It's kind of like them showing, right, we're going to run the full gamut on all our kind of like death metal influences here. Because, you know, there is some hints of like morbid angel and death that creep in every now and again. Like it is predominantly NYDM based, but like there's a, that's probably, probably got my favorite riff on the album, which kicks in at about two minutes 40. Just like a proper rhythmic, like super, Mm. like slappy bouncing riff. I just love it. And I think rhythmically this band have got things down really like fucking tight here. Like the drummer, I think is actually astounding for this band. Cause one thing I like in drummers is I like drummers that don't overplay, which is a bit of a contradictory thing to say. Cause one of my favorite drummers is Flo Mounier from Cryptopsy, who is like one of the most fill heavy and prominent drummers. But like, I think, you know, now I really appreciate when a drummer can actually help command the music and help make the all the rhythmic changes and all the all the, all the pace changes fluid as possible mm. and i think he does an absolutely stellar job of making sure that things are sounding absolutely as crisp and as fluid as possible and uh his name's matt brown and i'll go run through the band members quickly You've got matt brown on drums uh carl beam on guitars 
also in Frog Mallet. Oh, no, he's Bong Rips for Jesus. Sorry. Oh, is he? Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Alexander Jones in Frog Mallet. Oh, there you go. That's the vocalist. <laughs> it's, I'll definitely have to check that out. Tommy Wall on bass. That's like a great wrestler name, isn't it? Tommy Wall. He is in literally a million bands. That's like your standard bassist, isn't it? Yeah. Do you want me to read some of them? Yeah, go on. Let's, let's hear some of them. So he's in Acquisition, Brain Pan, Execution Hour, Low Flesh, uh, Molten Way, Narrow Grave, Under the Earth, Necrolatic Composure, Tomb Warden, and Death Obsess, which checks out. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love how one of the bands is called, well, like, Under the Earth. That's kind of like a, a... It's all death stuff. But that's kind of like a Hodor thing with this band. Oh, like, under yeah. the Earth, Under the Earth, Undeath, Undeath. Oh, my God, it's I didn't like think about it. This guy just loves death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and you got Jared Welch on guitars as well. Welsh. Welch. Welch. Yeah, Welch, Welch works, doesn't it? Yeah. I just think of the brand of grape juice. Mm, yeah. But yeah, no, uh, I really, really do like this album. I'm a complete death metal mark, though, so I've got a very biased opinion. <laughs> One thing I do want to give a shout-out to, I was listening to this album on Spotify, and um, Alex, the vocalist, was wearing a, a Morpheus Descends t-shirt. Oh, yeah. And that is, like, one of the top-tier, like, cult death metal albums. Is it? Yeah, yeah, they've got an album called Ritual of Infinity, I believe. I'm trying to remember this from memory. I don't know if you've ever listened to that album before, Shem. But it's a fucking sick, like underground New York, like gem of an album. Nice. Like it's like one it's similar to Suffocation. It's like one of the first albums to incorporate some of the more hardcore elements, but still sounds like old school and like and grim as fuck. It's fantastic. a fantastic album. So I think obviously you know they're from New York, so they'd be aware of you know like the, the forefathers that came before them. So I think it's always good that these bands are. It's like when I was watching the video of the Origin drummer. John Longstrength do like playthroughs of his songs and he was wearing like a Pete Sandoval shirt and it was just like that is like the Morbid Angel drummer d- does not get as much recognition for how how much he's pioneered a lot of the death metal drum techniques like compared to some of the other drummers and, you know like Dave Lombardo and Gene Hoagland are like you know the the drummers but like I, I would say Pete Sandoval is way up there as well so so I'm just going off on many tangents now no it's good they're good tangents it's like a to- chocolate orange of uh, tangentials <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, just just great album. It's just a good time. Um, I love the track Bone Rot. Just a nice sort of like two minute forty second, just absolute <laughs> rager of a track. Funeral Within is a great track. Uh, I feel like that one has got a bit more of kind of like a your old school kind of like death menacing kind of death metal feel to it. Um, Enhancing the Dead. I like that track. Feels a more of a Morbid Angel flavor with that one. Um, they do a really cool thing in that track actually, where like this is kind of going back to what I was saying about the drummer where they've got like two kind of like two main grooves going on with the rhythm guitars, the bass and the the drums, but the drum keeps switching the beat and the tempo to transition between groups. So it's like alternating. Mm. It's going like back and forth. I don't have the musical knowledge to explain this properly, but if you listen to the track about two minutes in, you'll hear what the fuck I'm talking about. That's cool. I think I've said everything I need to say about this album. I'll just be blabbing some more. <laughs> well, it's a fantastic album. It's a, it's a really fun one. It's nice to have, like, some... I feel like we've got a good selection this week. We've got, like, an absolutely, like, blistering record. And then there's this, like, fun, also, like, really heavy, really pounding record. And then the next one is, like, dark and emotional. And, yeah. And, like, almost classical at times. Yeah. yeah. No, it's good. I like when you've got a good mix because I feel like... I feel like consciously we always try and make sure that we're kind of like running like a bit of a varied kind of like bill so to speak when we're yeah. reviewing albums 
Because otherwise, we'd just be saying the same shit over and over again. And that'd be like, really boring. Yeah. yeah. Could, well, there's, only, there's, only, there's only so many superlatives and adjectives you can use to describe guitars and shit, especially you know, reviewing three death metal albums back to back. Like by the end, I'd just be like, oh, I like deep vocals. I like fast guitars. You know, I mean, just <laughs> slabs of distortion, walls of sound. <laughs> oh, I start to sound like Anthony Fantano now. <laughs> the, the grinding buzzsaw guitars. Well, I'll, I'll take it if I get uh, like a modicum of his success. Oh. Yeah. I kind of like I'm kind of rocking a bit of a Fantano haircut at the moment. Yeah, me too. Which um, I'm not going to show on camera. <laughs> not to actually get my haircut properly. Oh no, we all have great hair on this podcast. Um, That's a lie. <laughs> sometimes it's on our chins. Sometimes it's on our heads. Um, distribution is key. But shall we move on to darker? Yes, let's let's move on. So. Um, Right, so this is a band from uh, West Yorkshire, I believe. That's what I had listed. And it consists of, I'm presuming the mastermind behind the project because uh, her pseudonym is Darker, right? So it's Jane Hannah Darker Wissenberg. Um, so I've got Jane Maven. Oh. Oh. Uh-oh. There you go. Uh, maybe that's... I think I took it from Bandcamp, maybe. Or I took mine from Bandcamp, too. No. Because I... they're not on Metal Archives. I, I took mine from a German Wikipedia page about the band, which I then oh, translated into English. Do you think they Germanized her? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> or maybe she's got like a full name that she doesn't use. Because yeah. I've, I've just got um, Darker were conceived as the sole brainchild and solo project of Northern English singer and guitarist Jane Maven in 2012. Well, there you go. Uh, that's from the band camp, then I think that is more or less going to be the correct information, right? <laughs> I'm, assuming, I'm assuming yeah. they've written it. Whereas I don't know about German Wikipedia. I've not... I've not um, explored that avenue of information. Yeah, it's weird that, actually. I've noticed that with quite a few. Oops, sorry, just whacked the microphone with a few UK bands in the past where they have, for, for some reason, they don't have a UK Wikipedia, but in, there's a German Wikipedia page. It's like that for a lot of deathcore bands because I think it's quite a big deathcore scene in Germany. German metal fans are like really into UK bands, some of them. Yeah. Because like we have more German fans than UK band fans. Really? With Lowen. Yeah, it's like um, German and American. <laughs> Oh, what about the, the, the guy? What, what was the, the, the YouTube video of the guy? Oh, that... my God. That was amazing. There was this guy and he was like losing his shit. Yeah. And he would like speed up his voice. So it'd be really high pitched, right? Was yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one. <laughs> that yeah, yeah. Was so funny. Yeah. He was like, yeah. And he was using this like German slag. I can't remember what it was. We saying this word over and over again. And we were like, what's going on? That's amazing. It's so funny. And I didn't someone it. remix a Lowen track with a Neobliviscaris track? He's done it loads. Like every few months, I'll just <laughs> get like a notification being like, your music has been copyrighted, the flagged on YouTube. And I'll look and it's like a mashup of like The Witcher and like three other bands. And there was like another one with us. And I think like a problematic band. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's really like, oh no. But the videos are like really epic. And he's just yeah. like, he's done so much remixing. I should yeah. probably share them on the band pages. Yeah. I'm not the problematic one, obviously, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Shout out to that guy. He's a Russian guy. Yeah. Yeah. He might be on the, <laughs> he might not be there anymore. I don't know. Like, oh man. Yeah. Right. So, but this album, Darker, The Buried Storm, I'm a noob with this band. This is the first, my first foray into Same. their music. Um, I had a quick listen to the uh, 2016 album, Realms. Uh, probably. Yep, it was Realms, Good. so I did make a note at the bottom. Um, so, and I can actually hear, like, a very clear progression on this album. Same. I did the like, same thing as you. And I think, not to say that the other album was bad or anything, but, like, you know, this album, I think it's, it seems to have a lot more kind of, like, post-metal or just post, 
rock music qualities to it that I really dig. You know, there's times where I, I love like walls of sound and music and I love, you know, like this album when I listen to it, it kind of conjures up an image of like just like a wall of fog with like the sun peeking Ooh, through. Ooh, yeah, I wow. see that. Yeah, it's like a, a, a like a world between worlds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. And it's, yeah, and it's, I just love the way, and I think, you know, the inclusion of uh, a lot of the string instrumentation on this album really lends to the atmosphere of the album. So I notice a lot of the time that the, the string uh, instrumentation is actually accompanying the guitar on a lot of the time and kind of add into that sound, which I thought was quite cool. Yeah. And, you know, reminiscent of bands I love, like such as Mono, for example, um, I think are an absolutely fantastic band that also use uh, strings and a lot of their music. And, you know, it's just such a soundscape, soundscape-y sort of album. And, you know, quite cinematic in scope a lot of time as well. It feels almost like when I was watching, I'm watching Vikings at the moment. And I'm like finishing the whole series. And it kind of reminds me of Vikings at times. <laughs> this is a real compliment. Like it has genuine cinematic qualities. Like I can totally see this being taken on um, in like a sync deal by like a film or a TV show. And it would just be perfect. It's so stunning. I really love this music. Is there yeah. any reason why everyone's watching Vikings all of a sudden? I feel like everyone's jumped on it recently. There must be some kind of marketing thing. Oh, because yeah. Vikings Valhalla came out. Ah, okay. So I think that's made people like me who stopped watching Vikings at like season five, part two or something to like yeah. finish off the series. Yeah. I've only seen one bit and it's a gif of a guy who's on like a boat and he leans backwards and backflips and lands it <laughs> and he rolls his eyes to the back of his head at the same time. Amazing. That's super fucking cool. I, I don't, I don't, it might be the main guy. Is it Ragnar? Ragnar, Ruffer? yeah, he's sick. Yeah. But um, could be, I don't know. I don't know anything about the show. Vikings I mean, is legit like a really metal show. There is like one of my favorite bits. I don't know what season it is, but there's like a bit where they blood eagle a guy. Oh, I heard about the blood eagle. Yeah, and there's like yeah. all these guys going, blood eagle blood eagle and like really thick Norse accents and this guy's just getting his fucking rib cage opened yeah. up and it's like you hear all the bone cracking and the blood's going over and he's like shrieking and they have like human sacrifice like ritual stuff and like literally Wardrina like came in like season three or four and started doing loads of soundtrack stuff there's like loads of really great soundtracks in it and yeah. brutal fucking fight scenes it's really good to tell you, I saw Ina Selvik from Wardruder once. Really? He came to a place of work I was working at. No. And he was wearing like this really fluffy cardigan. Oh my God. Yeah, he was with his kid, I think. That's but, so um, cool. Yeah, I only recognize him because he had like the braided uh, uh, goatee thing. That is so cool. Because I was watching, because was, this was part of the Enslaved three shows that they did uh, uh, promoting uh, the project um, Skugsia with um, Ina Selvik. And so Wardrina were playing that night in the Elephant Castles, the coronet of all places. Damn. Which is just an absolute dive. <laughs> I think it might be closed down now, so I could say, what shithole. Yeah. Just, people are so rude as well. No and way. They're just, yeah, I remember queuing up for the ticket. And just, you know when somebody's just so unnecessarily rude and like, it doesn't take anything to just be a bit more fucking professional. And they were just like, oh, do you have your ticket ready? I was like, yeah, it's just, yeah, I'm, it's just in my back pocket. And I was like, oh, well, we don't have it ready. I'm thinking, yeah, I do have it ready in my back fucking pocket. <laughs> I'm not not walking to the thing like this, holding the fucking ticket in my hand like Willy Wonka. I'm like, what the fuck? That is so weird. So, yeah, obviously I haven't gotten over it. <laughs> like, no, I'm like salty. I had like, ago. I went to Tesco a few days ago and I always say hello to the cashier and she just fucking blanked me. Oh. But she was talking to Shem. Yeah. Every time I talked to her, she'd just straight up blank me. And yeah. I was like, I was trying to be really nice. I do not understand. I mean, I kind of think I know why, yeah. but can't be like yeah but it was just annoying and weird and i'm not over it so yeah. i get you bad service can stay with you for years yeah well actually we get back to the album yeah we should probably talk about that <laughs> instead of my experience yeah. in tesco um yeah this album's fucking amazing and as you say i think the strings are a really strong part of the album um so i got turned on to this because a friend of mine ariana masaya who's an incredibly talented cellist um she's on this 
and it's just fucking beautiful like i i saw her posting some of the promo pictures of her and um jane maven and they're like really beautiful ethereal pictures of them in like yorkshire on the moors um with their hair blowing in the wind and like with the cello and everything and it was just really interesting it intrigued me and usually i don't really go for stuff like this it's quite hard to get my interest but i could just tell there was gonna it was gonna sound beautiful and it does um and i just love this there's two there's three different cellists and violin um and i think i think that strings is really difficult i think a lot of people when they think of strings they think of a person they went to school with who couldn't play the violin and it sounded really bad because it's really hard to make those things sound good but when they when they're played properly and when they're recorded properly they're fucking beautiful instruments they're like really vocal melodic instruments that really add to like the emotion and kind of it like this album feels like it's about to break down into tears at times or like break out into the opposite of like euphoria um and i think that's really been conveyed beautifully by the recording it was recorded in germany which probably yeah. explains the german wikipedia oh, entry, yeah, yeah. entry um by michael zeck at the church of sound studio um, and it was written, recorded, and engineered, produced, and mixed by Jane Maven. So it was just mastered by Michael Zeck, actually, which is pretty fucking impressive. No, no, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, that was very impressive. Yeah. And the photography as well was by Jane and Catherine Pogue. Um, and they have like an art book and, and, stu- and stuff like that. So it's obviously like a really, like a real work of, um, like a labor of love, I'd say. Like they've really worked on every aspect of this being a piece of art. Yeah. It's good. I think what I really uh, enjoyed about the album was I think I love the combination of like the kind of like there's a lot of like kind of folkish or like dark folk elements yeah. of the album, but like combined with some real kind of like almost doomy elements. Like there's times where the guitars even were a bit reminiscent of bands like Amin Ra, for example. Yes, I definitely get the Amin Ra thing. Yeah. And then even the drums, like very, very tribalistic and Tom heavy, like similar to like Neurosis in certain albums. So I think it was just that it has that edge to it as well. That I think would 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 easily capture the attention of a lot of people that were into you know like a lot of metal bands because in essence this isn't you know like a metal album per se, but like it definitely has that crossover appeal like a band like Solstice Fear has mm. or a band like Wardruna because it has enough like I think sincerity and like genuine uh, songwriting about it that just captures the uh, ears of anybody that enjoys good music really. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it is it's a heavy album but not necessarily in like an on paper heavy metal sense. I just think it's heavy. Yeah. Um, and it, it really appeals to, I think probably the sensibilities of a lot of people that would listen to metal because of that heaviness, but it doesn't have to be because it's a really distorted layered guitar, wall of sound style, yeah. meat and potatoes thing. This is like a very, um, this is like a, a fine French dessert. Yeah. <laughs> it's like very complex ingredients. It's not a spotted dick. <laughs> it's not a spotted dick. No, this is quite the opposite of undeaf, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Undeaf is definitely a spotted dick. <laughs> if you compare it to desserts. I think you would be a spotted dick after the first song, if you yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to confirm for anybody, since we seem to have a large contingency of uh, American listeners. Oh, yeah. Spotted dick is oh, a yeah. UK uh, dessert. I'm not referring to a, 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 a STD <laughs> riddled act. penis. <laughs> An unsayable act. <laughs> We would never do. Um, yeah, no, it's just English food is weird. You've got like spotted dick and what's the other one? That toad, sounds, in the holes, toad in the hole. Why does it all sound like awful sex? Uh, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's no. very strange. Got- um, I was going <laughs> to say about this album in particular, yeah. I, can I, for, for the record, this is completely brought together by the amazing vocal performance. Yes, absolutely. Like it is stunning vocally. 
and like I love the use of like there's a, there's a times in the album where it sounds like the uh, the falsetto or the higher register vocals are kind of layered and also helping to add to that wall of sound as well. Uh, one track in particular, "Love Sudden Death," which is that's a good track for an album. Uh, that starts off with like you know kind of like that that menacing and brooding angular guitar that was talking about you know with like the doomier aspect kind of meeting at the crosshairs with the folk. Um, but I love it at the end. It's like this vocal trade-off of like kind of like obviously shrill falsetto vocals mixed with like the more kind of whispered, folkier kind of, mm. you know, really intimate vocal style. And it's just, it just sounds really well blended and it's just well curated. And I think, you know, judge, judging by the fact that, you know, that, that Darker has basically created the soul themselves, that it's, it, it sounds like it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really, I feel like I'm like snooping in on someone's dream. <laughs> that like could turn into a nightmare any moment. It's like that episode of the Red Dwarf where they have the machine where they could look into people's uh, dreams. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a stunning album. Um, and it's really, I think people are really critical of this kind of vocal a lot of the time, but it's so beautiful. It's really, really well done, um, especially with high vocals like the violin. I think a lot of people don't necessarily know how to record that or they'll be so focusing on like the guitar aspect the the kind of higher frequencies are neglected um, in the recordings, but th this hasn't happened here at all. It's really rich. It's yeah, it's something I really need to explore a bit more because I am uh, uh, inevitably people going to draw comparisons to acts like Chelsea Wolf, um, and you know, and I think you know, even like there's a lot of bands that would play at a festival like Roadburn, for example, where like you know they seem to be sh shining a bit of a spotlight on you know these more kind of like songwriting or, you know, just orientated acts where it's more intimate. And, you know, like they gave Lingua Gnota the artist in residence spot this year. Oh, she's well, I think incredible. she did. I know originally it was meant she to be... She was there. I thought it was originally meant to be her them. and Full of Hell, but I don't yeah. know what it ended up being because obviously I didn't go, so... Yeah. So It looked amazing. So. It looked fantastic. I saw yeah. a little isolated clip of, of, of her performance and it. it looked, it sounded amazing. So, and I think, you know, it, it, it's great that, you know, that a festival like, it seems like it always comes around to me, fucking arslick and Roadburn, but <laughs> it was such a great experience Serpent when I went there. Temple want to play Roadburn, <laughs> please, Walter and Becky. Um, but like, they, they do such a great job of creating the festival and like, and just, yeah. and just encompassing such a wide range of different acts and, and it's because it's not even just heavy music. It's, it's pretty much the whole spectrum. Yeah, I like that it's not, yeah, they, they curate the sets and they have like artists there as well, like showing their artwork and they have the panels as well. Um, Tom Dare was doing like an LGBTQ plus panel. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that looked really cool. Um, and they just have like, it's interesting because I feel like it's an artist's festival. Like people who really get nerdy about that stuff would love it there. And that's kind of us as well. So it's the perfect kind of yeah, deal. It's, it's like, I think Converge played like once in like 2015 or something. And, like, and Jacob Bannon goes every year, irrespective of what's Amazing. happening. The year I was there, he was just outside one of the venues, just painting shit. That's so cool. And it was just like, it was just so fucking just... Like, for, I can understand why from the outside looking in, people think it's like, you know, like the hipsters Nirvana, but like, it, it's so <laughs> totally fucking cool, man. Like, you can't help but be caught up in it when you're there. It's such I a bet. great experience. And uh, by all accounts, it sounds like this year's festival went pretty well. So, Hell yeah. So I'm glad it did, because I know a lot of festivals are having you know, operational and logistical nightmares with trying to get things up and running again. So I do not envy those people Hell no. at all. Hell no. But I think this quite nicely rounds off things. I believe so. I think so as well. Yeah. Any final remarks on uh, any of the albums this week? Um, no, I think it's just another good week. I think yeah. um, I quite like this thing we're doing of reviewing just newer albums. Yeah, I think it's good because I feel like we're kind of 
especially when it's bands at the levels with not all of them, but like it's nice to kind of help people get a bit of a boost. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, look at um, a like, huge audience. <laughs> like like Phlebotomize, for example. Like, you know, I mean, I love Phlebotomize. Like, I've been listening to that band for fucking years. Yeah. And I was totally, like, stoked at the fact that they even recognized it and were, like, Aww. appreciative of it. Because I'm just like, shit. It's just like, I've, I literally, like, grew up with, like, immense, intense suspense. That's so just, cool. So, just, just shit like that. I just find it super cool. Afterbirth as well. Like, yeah. That was just, like, it's yeah. just so cool that people actually watch it and they're like, oh, they're talking about my thing. So whatever, but yeah, it's it's nice, and I hope anyone watching, hello, your art is amazing. Thank you so much for making it, and audience, thank you for watching as well. Yeah, and say so feel free to recommend us some music. Been a while since we've had a good recommend. We had White Ward, turned out to be a yeah, good one. That was that was a great album. Yeah. So yeah, if there's any albums you want us to check out, our ears are open. Yes, thank you so much for listening and watching. Feel free to like and subscribe, and we'll see you on the next episode of Serpent Temple. Goodbye. Till next time. Nice.